This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Well, hello, hello. I am so excited that you guys are here with me today because we are celebrating episode 200. Oh my, thank you guys so much for being a part of this ride for nearly four years. I am so, actually, I'm kind of amazed at myself, maybe a little bit of a pat on the back kind of day today, because when I started this podcast in July, actually July 31st of 2019, I clearly remember seeing that on a Trello card and we had set a big goal of getting this out into the world. And that day is kind of etched in my business brain because it was such a big deal to us. And I had no idea when we were kicking this off in July of 2019, how long it would last and if I would really enjoy doing this. And here we are, May of 2023, nearly four years later, and have 200 episodes underneath our belt. Now, when you're starting a podcast, you're always asking yourself, hmm, am I going to be able to like stick with this? Is this going to be something that I enjoy doing? Is this going to be something that is fruitful for us? And everything with marketing and visibility is a big gamble. And I am so grateful for my dear friend, Esther, and former team member. Actually, she still produces this podcast, but I'm so grateful that she really nudged and pushed me and could see what I couldn't see. Sometimes we need those people in our corner to champion us and to say, go, 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 do this, try this, and we'll evaluate a little bit later. And honestly, as an operator, I am kind of risk averse. And so I'm always trying to count my chickens before I get to them. (laughs) Is that like the most Southern thing ever? Yes. (laughs) Anywho, today we are back and we're recording episode number 200. And I am so, so, so grateful that you spend time with me week after week. Actually, to date, we have almost 160,000 downloads of our episodes here at the Ops Authority podcast. And our listeners are coming from over 120 different countries. Mind blown. When I saw that inside of our analytics, I was like, wow, Natalie, to have a platform where you can talk to people from 120 different countries is such a gift and call it whatever you want to. I know that the digital and social worlds kind of give us a a hard time in some, especially raising kids. But from a business perspective, look at this. From a connection perspective, look at this. 120 different countries. So the top five countries that have listened to us or do listen to us on a regular basis, the U.S. is leading that, then Canada, the U.K., Australia, and the Philippines. And they have just inched out New Zealand. Our friends in New Zealand, they are a close sixth. So I want to give them some recognition too. I can't say it enough, but I just value and thank you and appreciate you for showing up, for sharing this. And without further ado, I'm going to ask you 
to give me a favor to celebrate this with me and head on over to your podcast player and give me a rating and review. This is truly, I know you hear this on other podcasts, but this is how we get this in the ears of other people. And so your rating and review matter a ton. So go ahead and do that and make my day, why don't you? (laughs) One other cool stat before we move into our topic of today, which is a good one. I saved it for episode 200 because I expect this to be a biggie, but that stat is our most downloaded episode has 2,400 downloads. Can you imagine sharing a talk in front of 2,400 people? I've done that a couple times, but not that often. And I am so grateful. We have lots of episodes. Actually, most of our episodes have over a thousand and our top performing ones have over 1,500, but this one has 2,400 downloads in this one episode. So thank you guys again. I hope you can hear it from the depths of my heart. I'm just so grateful that you hang out with me, that you want to take a part of my journey. And not just that, but that you appreciate the wisdom that I have to share. I know as I was growing as an operator and establishing myself with authority in this space, I didn't really know who would listen. And so thank you all for hanging out with me and making that happen. Again, one more nudge. Don't forget that rating and review here. If you want to push pause and do that, fantastic. We're coming back with our topic for today, which is how to make fractional work functional. So what do I mean by fractional work? Well, fractional work, let me define it. It's part-time work where you are working with multiple clients or even employers at one time. And if you think of a pie, you've got a pie dish and you the pie has just come out of the oven. You don't serve the pie whole, at least... <laughs> I don't think you do. You shouldn't. But you're going to cut that pie in several pieces. Now, are you going to cut that pie in four big pieces, six smaller pieces, or eight really thin pieces? You get to decide that. And that's the same way that fractional work works. So if you think of the pie as your amount of time that you have to work in a week, do you want to have four slices, six slices, or eight slices? And you can have even fewer too, but just to go with my pie analogy, I wanted to take you down that because every fraction of the pie represents a client to you. So you want to look at how much time you have and then how many clients can you serve? And we're going to walk through that here in a second. But fractional work essentially means that you are working with multiple clients at one time. A popular question that we get is how many hours equals fractional time or fractional work? So here's how I have broken this down. And honestly, in every state, especially in the US and and UK and Australia, where labor laws tend to be quite similar, There can be discrepancies from state to state and country to country, so I wanted to just be candid there, but this is how I describe the difference in full-time, part-time, and fractional work. So full-time is going to be 30 to 40 hours per week. Part-time is going to be 20 to 32 hours a week, and then fractional is anywhere from 5 to 15 hours a week. So let me say that one more time. Full-time is 30 plus part-time is 20 to about 32 hours a week, and fractional is going to be much less so between 5 and 15. That's why when you're thinking about that pie analogy, you can see that you may have 
two pieces of pie, four pieces of pie, six, seven, eight, whatever that may be for you, because the hours are flexible, but they're lower buckets or lower slices of time, which is why you can handle multiple clients or employers at one time. So that's an overview of the definition of fractional work and how it compares from an hour perspective to other classifications of work. Now, fractional work, this is exactly how I built my business. And so I'm going to dive into sharing with you what that looked like for me. But before I do, I want to share the pros and the cons of looking in or leveraging fractional work. Now for the pros. This gives you the ultimate amount of flexibility in your work. It also, another perk that I love is that it gives you a variety. You can have a variety of clients. You can perform a variety of different services. And I really valued that, especially as I was getting comfortable serving online and digital clients and customers. Another pro is that as you are building your book of business, like in the earlier stages of business, you're able to have multiple clients. And this can really serve as a foundation for getting you the experience that you need and also not feeling extremely overextended by just one person. So this is going to be different from person to person and personalities and et cetera. But this is something that I see a lot as people are getting started. And again, it helps you to build your book of business, especially at the earlier stages of scaling businesses. So just think about that. If you're working with people who are at the earlier stages of business who don't have a lot of excess money or profit margin to reinvest back into the business to bring on employees or you know make a full-time investment this type of work especially with expertise is highly sought after by people who are at that pre-scale phase so those are the pros that I see now the cons here are the two big cons, or actually I'll add three here. One of those is context switching. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with that term, but that basically means the time that it takes you to move from one thing to another. It may be a task from one task to another, but it also, on top of that, because you have multiple clients, could be from one client's work to another client's work. Because every business, every brand, every leader, every team has their own thing, right? They have their own products, they market a different way, they have different processes and systems, different technology. And so it is going to take you time to switch from one to the other. We're gonna dive into that here in a little bit, but that is one of the cons. You've, you've gotta put some armor around yourself to make sure that you do that well. And another con in this fractional space is scope creep. Now, you guys know I'm a big fan of abolishing and getting rid of scope creep, and we've got trainings for you with that or on that. You can search here in this podcast for some episodes on scope creep, but you've got to be very careful. Remember, this a lot of times is leveraged for people at the earlier stages of business that don't have a lot of resources or extra people on their teams. And so it may be, and it has been for me, where I've seen where people or leaders will because you're so good at what you do, because you're so capable, because you do deliver on what you say you're gonna deliver, they will start to put unintended things on you, tasks, responsibilities, projects on your plate. So you wanna make sure that you are strong with your boundaries. 
All right, I told you that I was gonna share my story on how I leverage fractional work and maybe this could be a jumping off point for you and or just another idea as to how you can structure your business or maybe even your offers. So in the beginning of me, I had just left corporate, I was hopping in to this online and digital space and I was having a lot of coffee chats. I challenged myself to do a lot of coffee chats to connect with a lot of people. I wasn't looking at those people from the vein of I needed them to move into clients. It was genuinely to build relationships so I could understand where I fit in this space. And it wasn't one particular type of person that I was having coffee chats with. It was anybody who would sign up and do these coffee chats. So at that time, the people who were connecting with me were a lot like me at that point. And so they were people who were in their early years of building a business, a lot of solopreneurs. They couldn't afford an employee or have multiple people on a team, but they still wanted strategic and leadership level work. Most of these people had virtual assistants to do the implementation because that is something that I have never, ever included in my services. And that's just for me. I'm not saying it's wrong if you choose to do that. I'm giving you my story. So the way I did this was I did our proprietary strategic mapping model at the beginning of our relationship, and that's what told me their strategic plan. This has become a license, which we include inside of our Director of Operations Certification Program, but that's how I started with these clients. I did the strategic mapping model to understand what they had on their plate, and then a part of my fractional package was that I facilitated their meetings, I created project plans, and I also managed those project plans, which sometimes came with managing people. And I did a strategic planning or an accountability meeting with the client once a week. So that's what my package looked like. Now, their business wasn't very complex and they didn't have a lot of people. So the CEO was the main stakeholder. So a lot of the tasks in, in the projects that I was managing, those tasks were being assigned or delegated back to them and maybe a VA or so. So I wanted to give you some context as to how that package worked with these folks. It wasn't like the CEO was scot-free and kicking up with their feet on their desk eating bonbons or anything. Most of them were solopreneurs who still had a lot of tasks that they were doing, a lot of implementation level tasks in their business, but it was helpful for them to have somebody to create the plans and make sure that they got this stuff done. So you could say that I was the facilitator of their business growth plan. All of it started from strategic mapping. And I think that that was a real pivotal piece for us to set boundaries and expectations. But it was really, really incredibly valuable for for this avatar. And it's still valuable today. I had anywhere from three to four clients at one time. And actually, (laughs) when I was optimizing this business model for myself using fractional work. The optimal for me was three to four clients. And I will tell you, I'll tell myself that at one point I had eight of these clients and friends. It was not pretty here at the Gingrich household. Way, way, way too many people to manage businesses to wrap my head around. And you can imagine the complexity with that. But Depending on the size of the business that you are working with, you may even want to cut that back to two clients. It really just depends on how much time you have and then also the size of the team in the business. So just don't want to make any prescriptions for you here. You've got to make sure you tailor this to you. So 
with this, this allowed me to learn so much about this industry because I was working with four clients at a time in that optimal state. (laughs) I was able to see so many different types of marketing. I was able to understand different products, delivery expectations, and it was such a great way for me to become indoctrinated. And then also because I was dealing with four clients at a time, I had that much more referral power. So these four clients were telling their four friends and their four friends, and truly having that ripple effect led me to having more leads than I had time for. So anyhow, I was really able to serve clients that I had access to. I hear that objection coming to me, especially right now with, I just can't get in front of the avatar that I want. And I've got some episodes coming up for that here shortly, but when those ideal clients are not in front of you, take advantage of, not in a bad way, but take advantage of the connections you have, the people you do have day-to-day access to, and what can you do to serve your highest self and still be helpful for them? That's exactly how this package was designed. I could have easily included implementation to make everybody happy, to maybe get a few more clients, but I knew that's not what would serve me. So Anyway, just another reminder that this was a way for me to serve the clients that were in front of me that I had access to. Another cool thing was that I was able to set my hours of work so I could still be available for my kids. This truly was a win-win for me at the beginning of my business. From here, I went on to have two part-time clients, one full-time client, and then, then my entire business model shifted into what you're seeing today. But all of this, this is the path that allowed me to become an authority in operations. It allowed me to serve other people and at the same time find value in my own self and my own skills and see myself as an expert. So don't pity the person who is on that service provider path and is looking for this kind of work. This is a really, really, really strong way to break in and also to still have that flexibility. Remember the pros of this were that it was flexible and I got to have a variety of different work and work experiences, access to lots of different systems and processes and projects and able to have access to to something that I could sell to people who were at the level of audience that I had access to. So all of those great things there, I wanted to give you a, a look at what this looked like for me. So remember, I did strategic mapping, I facilitated meetings, created project plans, manages managed those plans, and I had... I facilitated those strategic planning and accountability sessions with the leader one time a week. So that's what was included in mine. Now having taught over 400, almost 500 DOOs, I am seeing fractional work come up in lots of different ways and you you can structure it however it works for you, but always look into your highest best self to create that plan. So In this episode, not only did I want to tell you what fractional work was, the pros and cons, and what my experience was, I also wanted to talk to you about how to make this functional. One of the things that happens with having multiple clients is that you're juggling in between several different people and brands and leaders and personalities. And so how do you make this work for you? How do you make fractional functional? So I've got a few tips for you and listen up. First thing is 
define what your scope of work is. Be clear, understand how long it's gonna take you to perform those tasks. Now, you might wanna take some notes here because I'm gonna give you some math. (laughs) But when I'm talking about your scope of work, I just described to you what was included in mine. You can tell that if, if they wanted me to come on and do a hiring project, that was out of my scope. And so if I wanted to include that, then I would for an additional charge or something like that. But it was not, I was very clear in my scope of work and I encourage you to do the same. The one good thing about having a set scope of work is that you are clear on it, you can communicate it effectively, and then you start to understand how long, generally, how long it takes you to perform those tasks. It's gonna be a little bit different in every single business because every model, every team, every business structure is a little bit different but you'll have a general understanding of how long it takes you to perform the things, the tasks in the package or the offer that you have. From there, I want you to add 20%. So I felt like it took me about 10 to 12 hours to perform the package for the size of business that I was working with. I added 20% and so I estimated about 15 hours a week for each client. When you do this, this becomes your fractional offer. The next thing is I want you to ask yourself, how many hours do you have to work each week? I want you to divide that number into the number of hours it takes you to perform the work, what we just talked about. And now you can see how many clients you can juggle. One of the pain points that I experienced, remember when I told you I had eight clients at one time? I love to serve people and it was such a rewarding part of me to be able to jump in and have significant value to be valued and to give and deliver value that it was hard to say no. I skipped this step right here. It was definitely dysfunctional. Remember I told you the crazy Gingrich household that was happening at this point? It's because I could not manage six to eight clients at one time. So if I would have done this and realized that I had about 40 hours a week to work, then I would have known that I should not have been taking on more than three clients. So hopefully you can see by doing this math that you can figure out how many clients you can take at a time to be able to work in a fractional model. So as an independent contractor, you cannot forget that you get to set the way that you deliver work. You design the way that you deliver the work or the deliverable that you're agreeing on. So you get to say when and how you're gonna do that. We talked about the offer already, but now it's like, when do you deliver that? You wanna make sure that you are firm in this. And I just wanna walk through a couple of the ways that I have tried, and maybe that can help you to get clarity too. It could be that you dedicate certain days of the week or of the month. Maybe it's on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Those days are dedicated to client A, and Monday and Wednesday is dedicated to client B. It could be that you work from eight to 12, Monday through Friday with client A and, you know, et cetera. It also, another option is time blocking where you say, okay, you're gonna work for a couple days a week. I understand that this kind of feels like it can get into the minutia, but you can block a few times out of your schedule to where the client knows on this day during this time, this is when you are going to be dedicated to them. Now, I will say they're going to want to know when you are available to them, especially if you're providing a offer similar to mine. 
Now, ultimately, you get to do the work whenever you want to do the work. I have found that it was best received in a fractional capacity when I gave them a general understanding of when I was going to get this done so that if we needed to go back and forth and I they needed my support or I needed theirs, we were working in a compatible model. So you get to determine what works best for you. And I think that this is very valuable when you're setting expectations to a, with a client, especially in the onboarding or even back up in the sales process where you're telling them, hey, I've got openings on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and those are the days I'm going to be working on your account. That way they know going in that you've already got your stuff together. It's not going to be that you're fitting into the cracks and the crevices of your day they know when they can expect you to perform the work that you have agreed to and when you're going to be in communication. Speaking of communication, I want you to make sure that you're setting expectations, communicate your expectations, and always be transparent with clients that you are working in a fractional model. I love it when I see that people have labeled their titles as a fractional director of operations or a fractional social media manager, with being that clear and transparent, it shows them right away that you have other clients and they are not the only thing in business that you are working on. I think that's incredibly important, especially for the size of business that you're going to be working in. A lot of, you know, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of smaller companies that are pre-scale are going to leverage fractional talent, which means there's going to be things that come up and you have to be careful that they don't dump those on you. And so you want them to be very clear that you've got other clients and other commitments. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Remember that scope creep warning I gave you? Make sure that you've got those boundaries. Make sure it comes back to communication. It comes back to making sure that you've been clear from sales to onboarding, and then you've got reminders to them along the way. I want to give you like a big, big squeeze of that bicep muscle and just remind you that you are in charge of your own boundaries, of upholding those boundaries and mitigating that scope creep. So the first time you see it come up, you want to address it. You want to make sure that you are clear and let them know that is outside of the scope of what you've agreed upon and you don't have time or whatever it may be. I mean, scope creep happens in so many different ways, but that is one of the things I want to remind you if you are looking at a fractional model. Another thing is the people who excel in this fractional model are people who have excellent time management. Remember the context switching. So going from one thing to another, one task to another, one project to another, one client to another, it's very important that you have some really good time management and time blocking skills. And also, as we're talking about time and multiple clients, know your rhythm. If your best work is not done at you know three or four in the afternoon, then make sure that you are front-loading your work. I mean, I know this is not rocket science and you probably don't need me to tell you this, but don't overextend yourself and don't put yourself in a place where you're having to do context switching at inopportune times or difficult times for you in the day. Alrighty, a significant reminder as we're wrapping up. I am always gonna be the person to encourage you to bill for a deliverable versus charging for hours. So 
charging for the deliverable, not charging for the number of hours that it takes you to do this. And you may be asking, wait, you told me earlier in this conversation to figure out how many hours it was going to take you to perform the offer that you have put together, whatever was included in your offer. And yes, I think you have to do that so that you know how many clients you can take on. And it's also why I have you add that 20% because, hey, guess what? If you don't use that, that discretionary 20%, Ooh, you get time back, but you're not deemed for not utilizing all of those hours that you expected to bill. So what happens if you become more efficient over time? What happens if you are in a leaner cycle, maybe you know, in a company that does some launches or in a project cycle, it's not as heavy as a time, then you shouldn't be penalized for that because you're still holding space for them. If you, in my example of working 15 hours, estimating that this package would take me about 15 hours, if I was working with three clients and one of those clients was in the peak part of that cycle and others, the other two were less, then I get more time back. But it's not that I can take on another client, right? Like everything is shifting at all times. And so that's just one of the advantages. And I could list many of why I want you to charge, even in a fractional capacity, charging for your offer includes deliverables. You're not charging for time. So when I say deliverables, what I mean is you're managing teams, you're managing projects, you're creating project plans. Those are the deliverables that they should be expecting rather than, you know, how many hours it takes you to implement XYZ. So that is just a friendly reminder of a best practice, and it still allows you to come in at a higher level inside of a company to serve and do your best work and still be able to work in a very flexible environment. Lots of us are trying to build this because we are at you know a life stage, whether it is you are sunsetting your career or shifting in your career or maybe bringing children up and you need some time. Maybe you're leaving a really high stress, time consuming corporate career and you're looking for a little less of that, but still to make that same money. Fractional is a very, very strong way to go. So I hope that this episode helps you with understanding what fractional work is and how to make it functional for you. It was a big bridge for me, and actually a breakthrough. I wouldn't even call it a bridge. It was a breakthrough for me in my experience, and I've seen it be the same for a lot of our directors of operations. So I hope that this has been helpful for you. Again, we're celebrating episode number 200. Thank you and thank you and thank you and thank you and thank you. All of the thank yous for hanging out with me every single week and appreciating what it is that we have here at the Ops Authority, be my friend, head over to your podcast player and drop me a rating and review so that we can get this into the ears of many other operators, project managers, human resource leaders that are out there that are needing help in becoming their next best self by leveraging those dorky operator skills and experiences that we all have. Friends, again, I appreciate you guys being here with me every single week. And if you haven't, head over to theopsinsiders.com and join our Facebook group where we continue this conversation and build a significant community of awesome, awesome operational leaders. Alrighty, friends, happy 200. 
Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.